Welcome to the show. You can watch and subscribe to the Project FIA TV show on YouTube. Drop comments and questions to us on the podcast via Twitter. Our handle is Project FIA. And now sit back, relax, and enjoy. This is Project FIA Goes PC. Good evening, everyone. Good morning, good afternoon, or good night. Whichever time you are listening to us, this is FI Ghost PC, and this is episode number 86. I was five when this came out. Just saying. Yeah. Do the maths. I just revealed my age. I don't care. I think I've done that before. So, uh, yeah, lots going on. It's been a hell of a long two weeks, okay? There's, uh, you know, two weeks can go really fast, as it did last time we were talking to you. But this two weeks has been long it's been a long time and i think it's because news has been less um there's not as much going on i think everyone's gearing down for uh festivities of winter i didn't say christmas because not everyone believes in that sort of stuff everyone likes uh you know viking tree day or uh you know we've got like hanukkah which i honestly think is when a jewish person's really stuck in traffic and they press their horn a lot hanukkah i'm pretty sure that's what they're doing i'm not sure I know some Jewish people, they can explain it to me. But yeah, there's loads of things going on around this time. It's the end of the year. That's what it is. Uh, it's just been Thanksgiving at time of listening. Well, for us recording, it's been Thanksgiving, I would say over the weekend. It was Thursday, I believe. And uh, yeah, anyone who's in America, hope you had an interesting one. Hope you didn't all have to do it virtually on a Zoom meeting. And mostly, I hope you ate really well. I know my friend Brittany did. I was talking to her. Uh, yeah, she had a good one. Really good. In the middle of the desert. She was the queen of the desert on Thanksgiving. That's a film. Um, so yeah, I'm not here on my own, but I am your host, Rebel Zen, aka Danny Hell. I am still in the caretaker shed at the, uh, abandoned botanical gardens. And I can only tell you, because I'm witnessing this right now, that Winifred, our producer, say hello. Hello. Is stuck inside a botanical garden, in a foam party. You've just, you, you a let what? a foam party. You released a load of uh, fire extinguishers by accident. A yeah. foam party. Yeah, I thought you thought it was insulation or something. <laughs> I can only see your head and a bunch of fluff around you. Mm. Yeah, you're like you, just a face floating quite high in foam. How's that going? Um, I'm pretending it's snow. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Interesting. See, things are different <laughs> in Hong Kong. They don't know what snow is. No, I can tell you what no, it is. Isn't it? It, um, it's not that foam. Was one of the weirdest things because I've I've seen fake snow my whole life. I came here and it started snowing. Went out for ten minutes and then suddenly I was like, oh my god, it's really cold. That's all snow to Donald Trump. Fake snow. <laughs> What's fake? Snow? It's not real snow. It's fake. <laughs> fake snow. Uh, yeah. Just gonna wrap up uh, because obviously we don't have anything political to tell you all. <laughs> I can say that we're no longer officially on lockdown soon in the UK, but we are in tier three, which is the same mm -hmm. where we are in the botanical gardens, which is weird because no one's around. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure we shouldn't even be in a tier system. I think we should be exclusive from the we consensus. don't have a postcode we don't know the postcode so we, we might have one we just don't know it uh but your uh, pizza box 5g tower is working superb i got Pretty to watch good. a lot of netflix so mm -hmm. i'm going to talk about that today mm -hmm. talk about that and a lot of other things okay. do my reviews yeah it's like end of year reviews you know i 
I'm going to do... You know how the Queen does a speech every year? Yeah. I'm going to do a Rebels and Christmas speech, so it's going to be really good. I'm going to do a year in v- review. It's not going to be long, because <laughs> let's be honest. <laughs> um, but what I will say, not this time, I'll do it nearer the date of Christmas to keep it, you know, festive. But what I will say is I've reflected when, and not like a mirror, you know, mm-hmm. where I'm just uh, looking back at myself. No, not a kind of Jane Eyre kind of, you know, reflection. No, not brooding. Just I've been reflecting, mostly <laughs> okay. because I'm wearing shiny clothes. And what I was reflecting on, mm-hmm. apart from the wall and the surfaces, is what the US election has taught me. And this is really where I end the US election thing, because it's ended. It's over. Mm -hmm. What it's taught me is that now going to vote is up there with going to take down a gang in America. You have to go fully armed, (laughs) right, to the teeth, apparently, uh, because you never know what's going to happen. You know, Uh, that's what I've learned. It's almost like you have to look like a Rambo extra to go and vote, Mm. which makes me think there's a really good movie in that called Polling. Starring, oh. <laughs> yeah, starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt, because of course that's the kind of thing he would do. Polling, not to be, because it could be called poll, polls, yeah, or polls. But then it'd be confusing because you think it's about Polish, Polish people. people. <laughs> so polling, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is almost like when you date a Polish person. I'm fairly sure that's what they call it, so polling. A polling booth would be a polling station. station. Let's be honest, a polling station. Mm-hmm would be where a lot of uh, speed dating goes on in in, in, Port- in Poland, Portugal. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> any any European country with a P. Uh, whatever. But if you're listening, Poland, it's not that. It's about the polls. I think we're going to have to have Bruce Willis in, making a cameo as one of the uh, electoral college vote guys. Mm-hmm. It seems like a job where, you know, in all of those spy movies where they have the uh, briefcase handcuffed to their arm, yeah, if yeah, it's yeah. really important, classified. A lot of Hollywood script writers have to, or their scripts are transported, cuffed to their, their, yeah, yeah, it's the same thing. That's really weird. (laughs) That's mixed signals when you get a hipster carrying a briefcase of a handcuff. Internet. It's a very strange thing. Well, because, you know, there's been loads of cases where people have leaked scripts early. Yeah. Uh, Mostly it's classified documents, or in this case, it's your election. I don't know. Who knows? There's a lot of things going on. Uh, so anyway, we're going to not talk about politics for the foreseeable future, apart from tell you all the UK is in another tier system. Uh, I bet you're really excited to hear that. No. No one else is doing it. Just no. us. What what they think is, right, in a time where we should be uniting, because we're facing this pandemic, and I keep talking about World War II and how alike it is, um in in you know the fact that the whole nation has to come together etc mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what they're not doing is being very good at it because they're diverting all of us there, there's this division across the board yeah it's like risk and it's becoming <laughs> a situation where everything in territory is now completely like if you're from birmingham you mm-hmm. know or in the west midlands you're a tier three about the city council is tier two. I don't know how any that's, of it works. That's a new board game for you. Risk the pandemic. The pandemic edition. It'd be COVID risk. Yeah. That's that's one. <laughs> that's yeah. The risk of COVID. Uh, I think that's going to be uh, happening now. Uh, the uh, the guys at Hasbro are going to be on it. Um, I will say though, it's been a very bizarre time. It mm. really has. We know this. Everyone's involved in it. I think it's making us all inclusive. Like we've been sitting in this really big living room socially distanced of course all together 
Mm. It's been a very strange time. So around the world, just pat yourselves on the back for being less illogical than we are here in this country. And if you're in America, sorry. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Because <laughs> there's almost nothing. Uh, it's over. No you don't listen. Well, there's curfews <laughs> coming on in LA that should have really happened. We've had them all year. So yeah. it's almost like, welcome to the club, LA. We're, for the first time ever, more fashionable than you are. We did it first. We set the trend. And you're following us now in our shadow. Uh, too bad it's the lamest thing ever. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. I just hope that everyone gets back to normal ASAP stat, at least for the six days we're getting granted where we can mix with three families. I'm going to take that on board. I don't know three families, but I'm going to literally mix with them, you know? So that's interesting. Anyway, so that's all of the uh, what you've been used to for the last millions of years that we've been talking about as a year gone on for it's ages. really crazy and if there's any futuristic australian robots listening to this i really think this is the worst point of human history that you could ever uncover this is the kind of stuff that you really hope is buried under the earth like <laughs> the aztec ruins yeah where they're suddenly discovering it and going don't dig my up god <laughs> <laughs> there, there was an alien. An, an, an alien. There was an, an alien uh, invasion in 2020, mm. and everyone went weird for a year because, like, everything's weird. Pollution levels were down, so obviously aliens visited. Well, I can tell you, if you're listening, Australian robots in the future, that's not what's happened. It's just this stupid pandemic. Mm. That hopefully, it'll be over. And if anyone's, you know, um, feeling miserable about stuff. I, I think you got to understand that, uh, you know, if you're in the UK right now and you have this tier system, at least it's somewhat more positive. I don't know. Two week reviews again. It's, oh, it's so weird. It's so weird. But uh, yeah, so that ends all of that. Obviously, we're still in the situation, mm-hmm. but uh, we're going to do the best we can to ignore it. So Netflix, <laughs> here's the thing. Netflix and I have a very sort of it's like one of these things you know like you got a uh, you know like a second or third cousin once removed twice removed related to a sheep uh <laughs> that guy that you don't really talk too much but then you have to have dinner with him i was just gonna say you just personified netflix yeah yeah no it is a person i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> um okay yeah. so second netflix second is what i used to removed. do netflix is used to what i used to do at fishing villages you know flick their nets it really angered them <laughs> but by <laughs> But basically, I remember, here's a, here's a complete tangent. I remember when Netflix started in the USA, because it started off obviously over there. It, I remember, this is so weird, like, there used to be a 7-Eleven sunset mm. in LA, where there was like 7-Eleven and then that huge blockbusters that you remember was shut down when you first went. Yeah, it was next to a Chase Bank. I think it could have been the Chase Bank at one point. But anyway, oh, yeah. It, it's, yeah, it's, area, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, when I first went, not to Russ Taylor, my mate out there, he took me to Hollywood for the first time and he showed me a lot of amazing places like, oh, they this is a Formosa Cafe, which subsequently I've taken friends to, including Tony. Shout out to Tony. I just do this stuff to say that I've got friends. That's all I said. <laughs> it's not like no one knows these people. <laughs> but basically, Formosa Cafe, very famous for a scene in LA Confidential, mm-hmm. amongst other things. Weirdly, it's uh, Chinese themed, yeah. which took me years to figure that out because Formosa really is a Spanish word. So. Chinese, though. Yeah, not really. So anyway, there's, it, it, you know, it's this thing. So Blockbuster was very much active when I first went there. So it was like 2002, something like this. Mm-hmm. And I remember there used to be the 7-Eleven, right? 
and then right outside it was a Netflix box, which was painted red, had all the logo on it, where you would actually pay and get a DVD from it for rental. And I was always thinking, well, like that's a easy. vending machine. Like a vending machine. That's what it was. You subscribed to it, and then you had discs. And you could buy this subscription in 7-Elevens like a card. Mm. Very strange thing. And then and then it evolved to be a platform on yeah. streaming. Probably Napster That's did that. so analog, the way you just described it. Really that. strange, because I was thinking, how does that work? Because yeah. you've got a disc, physical one, you're not going to take it back. No, that was, what, what that was stupid then? enough to take a disc back. And he said something like, there's a technology that erases it. Oh. And I'm like... I, I think it's, it makes more sense if like, there's a deposit or something. Well, it was. But mm. it didn't work out. <laughs> okay. So they had to do this thing with... I don't know. It almost felt like it would dissolve in your disk drive over a set amount of plays. Anyway, you were talking about your second cousin once removed, Mr. Netflix. You mean Netflix. Netflix and me, <laughs> okay. the relationship. So yes. the guy related roughly to a donkey, that guy. Okay. In your family tree. Everyone that doesn't talk to that guy often. But sometimes, yeah, have him round on family visits once every blue moon. And there's just been a blue moon so recently. So... What I mean by that is I never use, I never really go on it that much. Mm. And so sometimes you, you kind of know it's there and you should be watching it because you're paying for it. Yeah, right. And then you go, okay, well, now's a good time for me to watch it on Netflix. Mm -hmm. Okay. And uh, one of the things I watched was The Queen's Gambit, mm. which I was expecting to be like, you know, Queen Elizabeth firing off a bunch of ninjas what? Uh, while she's working at a casino. That's what I thought it was about. Uh, it turns out it's about chess, right? Yeah, I saw the ad. I haven't watched it yet. It just made me think of Five Pawns Vaping Shop. Because mm, yeah. they, they have the Queen's Gambit, which is a flavor. A flavor, yeah. Because everything's chess related. Like orangey or something. Yeah. Castle Long. Mm? It teaches you, vaping teaches you a lot about chess. <laughs> but don't try it. Because chess is addictive. <laughs> Um, anyway, it was a really good series. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed it. And I think the, um, I just wanted to talk about that because I've been very much involved in Queens lately. Okay. Uh, Queens Gambit is the first one where, um, if you haven't seen it yet and you're listening and you're like, you've got Netflix, uh, or you flick nets, whatever it is. Um, it's very, very good. And I think the thing that I took away from it was I was convinced it was a true story. Mm. Going into it, it felt very realistic, like everything about it. Turns out it's based on a book, mm -hmm. you know? Okay. Um, nowhere in a book did they say camera moves left or right or any of that. So it's it's roughly based on a book. It's not exact. It's what people complain a lot about adaptations in books. But no book tells you how to cinematography the uh, the filming of the book. You know, I've filmed books many a time. It's a very boring job. Uh <laughs> <laughs> just yeah it goes on for hours you can turn the page but you know it's kind of like book piracy that is <laughs> it's just like everyone could read it uh and you don't pay for it anyway it's the whole thing so the queen's gambit i recommend it i didn't want to talk about it too much but it's a good bridge because i don't like ruining things don't mm -hmm. like spoilers okay especially on cars because it ruins them no. that's what i call spoilers because they spoil the car spoil the car yeah downforce i've been playing a lot of gta Anyone who's been playing Grand Theft Auto Online lately knows that it's really annoying because they cost a lot of money. Spoilers. Mm. Spoilers everything. Yeah. Um, basically, it's, a, it's worthwhile watching. It's about chess. Very good. Kind of made me think it's in the same universe as an anime from Japan called Chihaya Foru. Mm. And it's very 
it's nowhere near it in context of because one's set in high school and it's all that. This is like a biography about this fictitious character that feels almost real. Mm. Um, they're both fiction. I should point that out. But it's kind of got that, oh, I really like to play chess. The one thing I took away from it, though, is that they ruined chess for me in it. Because here's what I've always thought. Chess, like most games, you should learn the tactics yourself. You should learn the strategies yourself, yeah. create stuff. And if you're playing with a nerd, if there's a nerd that's like this grandmaster nerd that's well-versed in chess, who's read all of the tactics, the they can tell you what you're doing. Yeah. But it won't matter because you don't know. You're yeah. just like, oh, okay. <laughs> cool that makes me sound important you know like how i applied myself to my gcse's exactly the same way oh you got an a for that did i <laughs> wow you know um i didn't expect to i feel like they ruin it because they're all it's just memorizing how to basically hack the game, hack the game. yeah because it's like reading books and books and books of strategy and tactics and really once you've covered it all there's no game sure you know it you you're basically hacking it to the mm. point where you just see code I don't play games like that. I'm going to say this to my cousin James. See through the Matrix. <laughs> I'm saying this particularly to James, my cousin, who is academic with stuff like this, reads it up, you know, whatever. I don't do that. So you can beat me as much as you want, but eventually I'll uh, I'll pull something off. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and uh, maybe win a game. <laughs> One in 3,000. I don't know. It's just I never win stats. any chess games. Well, you and I were, you teaching me Chinese chess on the plane coming yes, back. Yes, I was. For hours and hours and hours, and I wouldn't relent until I'd figured it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Chinese chess, guys, not Chinese checkers. Yeah, so Chinese, it's actually, Chinese chess. Yeah, with... um. Very different. With the characters and everything. Yeah. The characters, like the, the plumber. The Chinese characters. Yeah, the, 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 the Colonel Mustard and the uh, the butler, the yeah. guy, uh, Jeez. And it just got to the point where I just couldn't win anymore. Yeah. <laughs> that was weird. Well, that's how, that's how it works. Once you feel a rhythm for it, you kind of mm. get the strategy. But I'd rather learn it on my own yeah. than read tens of thousands of books. And unfortunately, the film sort of glorifies being an academic chess player. Right, okay. Rather than playing it just because you're playing it, mm -hmm. you know? But it's very, very good series. It's really, really good. Six episodes. So if anyone's bored and they oh, have nothing not to do, long. it's not that bad. Hmm. It's very, very worth watching. And I think it's limited. I also watched the Sasha Baron Cohen spy series, hmm. which was amazing, where yeah. he's in the... Um, That's based on a true Syria. story, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is, yeah. Really is, yeah, real, real life event yeah. uh, where the Israelis sent a spy into Syria and he got he was so successful... And his guys that he got almost a political position in cabinet. Yeah. And it all went pear-shaped. But I won't ruin it for you. But basically, uh, you know, you watch that and it shows you that Sasha Baron Cohen is profound as an actor. It mm. really does. He's, he's incredibly good. He's not just a joker. It. Well, it feels every five minutes I was expecting a Boratism because yeah. of that moustache he's got. <laughs> yeah. But um, no, it was really good. Worth watching. Really worth watching. Slow. Pretty methodical mm -hmm. but realistic i would say yeah it wasn't all bows and Good it wasn't drama. born i'd seen it certainly wasn't bond which is about as unrealistic as spy films can ever get i was watching something with sean because you know he passed away recently we, we yeah, discussed sean that. connery he, there was this thing that i'd missed because we we're in america when when it happened but they had like a, um a kind of anniversary of james bond 50 years or something mm, like this yeah and it was Sean Connery commenting as well as Daniel Craig. So the first and the latest Bonds talking. Okay. And he was saying like when he was Bond, he wanted the physical fighting to be quite realistic and 
all of this stuff rather than set pieces. When Roger Moore got to it, it became ludicrous, almost like Austin Powers, which I agree with the sentiment. It was pretty stupid mm. by Roger Moore's status. It wasn't that he did a bad job. It was very TV movie Bond by then, right. I felt. And then Pierce Brosnan, it, got, it just lost the plot at that point. Goldeneye and the such. They're not bad films. They're kind of Christmas movies. Mm. They're great if you're drunk mm. and you're like, oh, this is so profound. <laughs> but it was a great N64 game, Goldeneye. Okay. And Sean Bean's in it, who I love. He dies, obviously. Sean Bean. That's not a spoiler. You know he's going to die in most things. He dies in everything. Not the TV advert that he's in currently with the, the uh, Yorkshire Tea, thank goodness. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. That in... would be a very strange tea advert. Well, it's going to be an incredible, um, God forbid, that is uh, when he does pass away for real. Mm. It's going to be incredible at his funeral. How many, like, it's almost you're so sick to death of him dying. It's going It'll to be, be a like, conspiracy. Yeah, it's he's going to be like, really he's not crying wolf. Jeez. Mm. No, I love that guy. Sean Bean, if you're listening, I know you are, because you do. Uh, love you. You're ace. I hope Sheffield do better in the Premier League because they're at the bottom at the moment. And my fingers are crossed because they're a classic Premier League side. I'm boring people with football. So anyway, the point is, we're moving on. So... Spy was good. It's good. It's slow, methodical, interesting. It's limited. Both of these series are limited, I think. But then it breaches into The Crown. Now, I've heard about The Crown, as everyone around the world has heard about The Crown, for years. It's what you'd get fixed at the dentist, isn't it? No. Right. And everyone's talking about The Crown. I thought it was about dentistry. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's not. No. It's about Queen Elizabeth II. Yes. The sequel to Queen Elizabeth. The sequel. <laughs> yeah, she was. Yeah, she was sequel. Still, uh, still current. She's a lot more mm -hmm. successful. Our monarchy is so long lived. Mm -hmm. I don't think that. I think historically, this is a record break in monarchy for how long lived the queen is. Mm -hmm. I mean, William's nearly retired now. <laughs> you know, Charles is almost dust. You know, let's be honest. Um, but no, honestly, like here's the thing. I've, I'm just going to come clean because if Pete was here, aka Unicorn Slayer, if he was here, he'd be telling me how useless the monarchy is. He's not a big royalist. For me, he might be, actually. It, it's hard to tell with me. Uh, it depends if they give him the contract for the unicorns in the garden. I don't know. But for me, I've always liked the monarchy. I've always liked it. It's something being English. It's very much an identity thing. And you either dispel it and think it's useless. And it's just a thing. Mm. Um, but I've always, cause I've had a lot of time in London, obviously my uncle, uh, was from pretty much London for me growing up. He was always in London. Mm. So was my godmother, you know, I had lots of reasons to go there more recently, Noriko, but London was always a place we'd go to periodically. We'd stay at all the hotels in the Monopoly board, basically, uh, ending up at the park lane, which was a very weird experience. I don't know what it's like today, but back in the sort of nineties, it was very weird. It was the first time I've ever seen anything that represents Home Alone, the movie. And because it's Christmas soon, yeah. I can bring this up. It's all festive. Mm -hmm. Where they have the guy with the top hat who opens the door for you when you walk in a building. All the gloves mm -hmm. and all of this stuff. Um, steals your watch as you walk past him, <laughs> that guy. Uh, it's very much Oliver Twist world. Yeah. London and New York, Manhattan have a lot in common in sensibility around Christmas. There's a lot going on both of them have serious history in christmas fiction based there yeah you know their christmas carol movies their home alone was based in new york mm -hmm. when you have england you have oliver twist which is the original one charles dickens 
Scrooge. Uh, that's the original Home Alone. Everyone knows it. What? Yeah, Scrooge as well. Yeah. Uh, which I feel like Lucifer, just the series on Netflix, just copied the Christmas Carol storyline a bit in one of the episodes we watched. Mm. Uh, this is your present. This is your future. It's kind of strange. Mm. Um, but it's amazing to see because, like, you know, way back when, and I, I watch stuff now that I know for a fact people are not going to relate to. Both my cousins who've come into the UK, spent a bit of time, mostly lived their lives in Portugal, haven't seen the London I grew up in. When mm. I when I was growing up, and it wasn't that long, but it makes me feel very vintage. Everything was black <laughs> and white for a start. That was weird. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, All our eyes were monochrome until they gave us colour. Um, you'd have all of these top hats, horse-drawn carriages and stuff like this. There was a lot of things going on like that in London. And one thing I always remember was them roasting chestnuts, mm -hmm. chestnuts which happens all the time fire. in Hong Kong. Yep. Like all the time. Well, winter months, yes. Yeah. It's a common... Yeah. A but common. I mean, it's never cold enough for it, like comparatively. Like well, it would be snowing and they'd have it. It makes yeah, sense. Yeah, not that cold, but it's yeah. chilly. <laughs> yeah. So like you had the whole... I remember 101 Dalmatians set in London. Mm -hmm. um, the, you know, there's this huge... Christmassy energy at winter when we actually lived in West Hampstead, you and I, mm -hmm. way back in the day, you felt it. It was very special at winter. It, it has this Christmas vibe. There is really incredible to feel. It mm -hmm. really is. Of course, this year is going to be strange, yep. as everything is, but there was something very magical about it. So, what I'm trying to set you up in here is this mythology. When I was a kid, there were still people saying, like, giving out. Uh, newspapers in the street like read all about it blah 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 you'd have hawkers in these little things like these kiosks mm -hmm. and flat caps looking like they're in a <laughs> peaky blindness you know um there was a lot of that still it's gone now it's totally dead now yeah all of that um new york was the only place i can recall ever depicting that it had similar cultures mm -hmm. very strangely you know so the reason i'm saying this is the monarchy is all of that. It's all that kind of London feeling, the classic London. And when you ever live in London and you see time there and you've been there for different walks of life and different things, it's very relevant. Mm. You kind of stumble into Buckingham Palace, don't you, when you live there? Because mm -hmm. you're kind of like not a tourist. So tourists would literally say, right, this weekend we're going to cover the Tower of London uh, when I murder people for doing crime. Uh, we're going to go to Buckingham Palace where the Queen's going to have a cup of tea and she's going to watch you as you're watching her. Uh, and they change the guards quite a lot because, you know, it's it's a job you can only really do for a matter of hours. <laughs> and then they get new ones in it's to keep us employed in this country. So many guards that pass through that that situation. The ones with the crazy hats. Mm -hmm. uh, basically, that's where they keep the royal bees. No. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's beehive hats. Beehive. Yeah, you know the hairstyle, the beehive yes. hairstyle? It's they've got those hairstyles underneath them, underneath the hat. That's what it's at all. Guys, it doesn't matter. Oh. I mean, you're judgmental. <laughs> got to be gender gender neutral in this day oh. and age. It doesn't matter if the guys have beehives or not. Well, from an external perspective, it's interesting because, like you say, royalist or you know, for or against the monarchy and all that. But from an outside perspective, essentially, the queen is like it's a piece of history and it's a piece of culture. And she's as significant, I think, as like say Big Ben. Like she's like an icon. Well, if for you're talking tourism, not, yeah, for sure, iconic. Right? Yeah, tourism. That's how but, I feel about it. Anyway. But 
I've never thought of our queen as simply a face for tourism. A lot of people do. A lot mm -hmm. of my generation would have. But for me, there's more of an identity to it. Like, I know that she's done so much stuff for the Commonwealth. Mm -hmm. And I've always been aware of that. Like, I remember just at the back end of the Falklands War, I was very young. She had a major integral part with a lot of that. I just remember the, it's more significant. She's almost a measuring stick for England, for the UK, I should say, really. I know I keep saying England because I consider she's the head of the Church of England, mm. but she's the monarch of the United Kingdom. So basically, I've never thought there's a partition. I've, I've believed in a monarchy because they are so superseding our history, obviously. Yeah. Like when you grow up in the UK, you will learn our history. And when yeah. you grow up in an ex-colony of the UK, you'll learn our history. Mm -hmm. And when you're in America, you'll avoid learning any history. <laughs> and no. mostly a lot of stuff will start with you. Well, we had the queen's head on all of our coins and stuff. We should. That's, that's gross. Mm -hmm. Oh, you mean oh, you, the likeness? Yes. Right. Yeah. And in Australia, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. It's all colonial stuff. Mm -hmm. So the concept of our monarchy is a little bit more intense if you've seen it working around the world. Gibraltar, good example. When I was a kid in Spain, we'd, tr we'd go to Gibraltar, South Africa, a big presence there mm -hmm. when I was a kid. You know, like, there is a sense to it. And obviously I grew up with the Diana Charles dramas. Yep. And Will and Harry are in my generation. Yes. Um, he's still not as cool as my Will. Cousin <laughs> Will. He's, he's, he's a pretty cool prince, but mm -hmm. he's not a cool Will. He does prince really well. Hello to all the Wills. Yeah, again. <laughs> uh, when there's a Will, there's a way. Yes. Uh, and Harry obviously went back to Hogwarts with uh, Meghan. No. So he's back LA. being a wizard. LA? Yeah. No, Hogwarts is in... A magical place. <laughs> I suppose it could be LA. I mean, there's one at Universal Studios in Los Angeles, so that doesn't surprise you. Um, but yeah, uh, Prince Harry the Wizard is very Harry cool. I like Prince Harry a lot. Uh, I think we all do. He's yeah, uh, he's, he's very likable. He's a great dude. There was a, um, clips of him actually with Obama joking and stuff with mm -hmm. the Queen. There's a really good clip if you got YouTube where it's funny moments with the Queen. Right. And it really sets up what I'm about to say, the crown. So I went in thinking it was a dentistry documentary <laughs> about okay. fixing crowns. Um, I didn't expect it to actually have people because I realized it was a thing about royal family very early on. Mm. The intro the intro credits are very regal, for example. Sure. Um, but I then thought it was just you're going to be watching a crown for like hours. You know, the crown. That's mm -hmm. what it was going to be. Mm -hmm. But no, it, it's actually about the queen and goes through her childhood up through her life and they do in part so each series is a different part of her life right i'm on series one still doctor who's in it matt smith who is <laughs> doctor who to me he's the doctor who yeah i think every doctor who subsequently before and after matt smith one as good he's as matt definitive smith. for you he's mine david tennant love him but matt smith to me best doctor Really cool, fun. A lot of stories were with him were especially mm. magical. Really, really well done. You know, um, that's the thing about Doctor Who. It's weird. So, in the Crown, it works on a similar premise to Doctor Who because each series replaces the whole cast. Oh, because okay. they're different generations. You know, rather than waste your time on makeup and making, you know, Claire Foy who plays the young Queen Elizabeth into a middle-aged Queen Elizabeth, they go with a new actress. Mm -hmm. Clever. 
Yeah. So each series has got new actors. I don't know if it's each series. I've only gotten to series one. <laughs> but I'm going to guess it is. Mm. Um, and I've just got, you know, through series one, I'm closing in on the end, I guess. It's absolutely fascinating. Okay. Because I'll tell you, like, if you're really invested in a royal family, you know they're human, okay? You're not weird. You, you know that there's a function, there's a job. There's a role. There's a duty, there's mm -hmm. a role, especially considering the time period of this. Like World War II, through World War II, her father was king. And his, I did not know the history of him. A lot of people do because I've seen the king's speech and things like this. I've yes. never seen any of that. And I never learned the Windsor history, really, apart from our own queen. Mm -hmm. You know, where, as everyone knows who's in England, uh, you have to, every five minutes of the day, salute the queen and uh do a little dance for her you know like you know how we clap for the nhs and the frontline workers yeah. if you're in america for the medical staff we grew up every five minutes having to do a little dance and salute the queen everyone knows that in england it's totally true it's not a lie at all no. um yeah well god save the queen's our national anthem right so we knew that part and that came in play a lot when i was growing up sporting events and the such mm. but basically we i mean it's i'm saying this to be stupid we're not really connected to it unless there's a royal festival or a fate or something that the monarchy is basically used to give that kind of identity to britain a lot but, of people like to listen to her end of year speech sure but yeah. what we've got is and i'll just give a background check victoria is a good one to point out because everything in england like London has still got that Victorian glimmer over it. You know, um, when you go to Birmingham, our closest city to the abandoned botanical garden, there's a statue of Queen Victoria in Victoria Square. Yes. By the town hall. And very weirdly, not a lot of Elizabethan II, you know, stuff. We, you know, our current monarchy isn't as heavily integrated in society as Queen Victoria was. She mm. will be, I'm sure. Yeah. But my goodness like you know that this woman is pretty special you know she is because she's head of state so what people don't always understand listening if you're not a royalist is that she is in a sense our president mm -hmm. really yeah and so the prime minister has to answer to her right yeah you see she formally because we had a treaty signed and this her dad was a lot more hands-on because we still had the colonies mm -hmm. so post-world war ii and it's only one generation separate which is crazy um we lost all the colonies due to treaties after world war ii so we turned into the commonwealth yeah and the queen still represents that but that's only one separation people don't always understand how powerful the monarchy was prior to that so when Parliament separated Oliver Cromwell, just a brief history lesson, they lost all control. We had a total monarchy power before that. So it's really quite a fascinating thing. And, and getting into the first series of The Crown, again, I don't want to ruin it, it, it just humanizes so much stuff. And I was really blown away by how I never knew or never imagined Prince Philip's world because all you hear about Prince Philip is how racist he is <laughs> or how he's killed an old woman driving a car, you know, mm. like <laughs> something like this. Like he's controversial, right? Because he's classic, but he's actually never been. I don't I definitely don't believe he's racist. He's incredibly old fashioned, mm. essentially. But he's also a really funny guy. He's a very funny dude. 
and you don't realize and i didn't until i watched the crown i didn't realize how they had the situation thrust on them both of them had a life planned out together they just got married he was going for a military career mm -hmm. they wanted to live together and they never thought they'd be second in line to the throne because you obviously as a young person think your parents are going to live forever yeah and secretly, not to ruin anything, but her dad was quite ill. Mm -hmm. And so she was thrown into the position quite early on. Yeah. And I think that's immense. I think she was like 27 when she, she was coronated. Yeah. And that just, like, you, you know, you can't help but go, when I was 27, <laughs> yeah. handling that responsibility. I yeah. mean, it's, it's something really fateful. And the way they explain it, I know there's drama and there's dramatic you know, it's not all Historical based on facts. There's got to yeah. be, there's got to be a lot of kind of, I think that there's a lot of Royal research, mm. but then you have to fill the blanks. I yeah. think that's the best way of explaining it. Add drama where there isn't, of it's course. a bit more black and white in real life, but it really makes you understand how incredible these people are. Mm. Like really they're, they're very clued up. They know that they're a face. They know that they're the iconic British symbol. Mm. Um, but they are people underneath I have to it. say, I wasn't that interested. You know, I wasn't. It, I'd avoided it, it for years. Yeah, like I've never really been interested in it. The only thing that came up this year was that I saw a clip of, I think it was Gillian Anderson. Playing Margaret playing, Thatcher. Yeah, Margaret Thatcher. Well, I was skipping thought, way into the future for sure, yeah. Yeah, which is the newest season. I'm, I'm still like, on Churchill. That's pretty cool. Where I'm at, Churchill's just retired. That tells you how long ago this was. Mm. It's crazy. My point is, like, for me, I've never liked period pieces in England because you're surrounded by it growing up here. Mm -hmm. It's really, I think, period movies from the UK are really for Americans. Mm. There's a lot of Anglophiles in America that really love stuff like Dalton Abbey and stuff like this. You can have it, as far as I'm concerned. Pride and Prejudice. There's not enough, there's not enough explosions. Yeah. Or, uh... <laughs> so, like, period stuff, and I, I, was, I was talking to Will, my cousin i'm just going to point out the real prince will he he um and i were talking about this and of course you know he's like 19 he's disillusioned by a lot of this stuff it's a bit boring for him and i get it i yeah. totally understand it because i never liked any of that stuff i remember pride and prejudice we watched the tv series because we were too thick to read a book apparently <laughs> and um lazy that was the one that was the classic pride and prejudice bbc series who the guy who was uh, the actor who plays uh, King George in The King's Speech is actually Mr. Darcy in the BBC series. Oh, yeah. Um... And I've totally forgotten his name. I apologise. He's a very good-looking lad. He was in Love Actually as well. Yes, he was. Uh, we're having a name? We're, we're, having a, we're having an IMDb <laughs> moment. See, we are human. Uh, I'll keep talking anyway. So we watched that series. And I actually, when I watched the TV series, it wasn't unbearable. You know, yeah. but you have period stuff and then you have Shakespeare and Shakespeare period is fine because it's so amazing. Like you take something like Macbeth and there's loads of death and it's brilliant, uh, you know, and, and horror elements to a story in Macbeth. Mm -hmm. That's very fun for a kid, especially me who ended up doing it. But uh, as you know, a production, but it's interesting because classic period stuff which would be like downton abbey i think is the most recent thing i can think about mm. and stuff like i guess all the dickens stuff they've done it used to be so commonplace in england 
we have three exported TV shows. This is before they re-engineered Doctor Who to make it cool as hell. Mm. Before that, we had like crime shows, like Miss Maple's Murders or Midsummer Miss Murders Marple. or Miss Maple, I call <laughs> Miss Marbles uh, Murdering. I got the actor's name. Yeah, Colin Firth. Colin Firth. That's the guy. Well, Colin Firth mm-hmm. basically plays the King George depiction. What I'm trying to say is, folks, I've I've kind of gone scatty, but period stuff for me was never a good look. Monarchy stuff was, there was this time period where it was so thrown down your neck. Yeah. We had like Princess Dine out of TV series mm-hmm. uh, when I was a kid. Um, then they had The Queen with Helen Mirren. And then we had loads of stuff on Victoria, three or four things on that. We had the... It's immense amount of royal stuff. The Tudors, I remember being a series. And when it's in your face like that, it puts you off. Because you know there's no dragons in it. It's not Game of Thrones. That's mm. cool, but this stuff ain't cool. And Game of Thrones is ironically American with a bunch of British actors. And actually, I think one of the Game of Thrones... There's a lot of Game of Thrones stars that are in the crown throughout the tenure of it. Right. Which is interesting. Mm. But one thing that's really important... So... Period stuff is period stuff. This is more biopic. And it's such a fascinating biopic because it really goes into the behind the scenes and who is who and what is what and the relationship she has with the milkman and how many <laughs> dogs she's got and what their names are. And it, it's so awesome. Mm. It's kind of like what Designated Survivor, Kiefer Sutherland series, again on Netflix does to the u.s presidency it it tells you what the job is Mm. now yeah there's drama and there's added stuff and it's all script and blah 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 because they have to otherwise it would be boring but the crown does a really special thing because i think learning from my youthful teenage cousin from his perspective he got bored it's like people are just talking and stuff's not happening if you stick with it stuff happens that's real and there's been several events in history that I never even knew. Mm. And like I said, it really depicts who Prince Philip is yeah. and the amount of stuff he's had to deal with that still follows him to this day. Sure. Where his family links, you it's know. human drama over explosion drama. Well, it's amazing. <laughs> like, I knew that he was related to, a, like, I think everyone said there's German relation. Mm. His sister was, uh, sisters, I think, were in the Nazi party. Right. Germany. But he was separate, like he's uh, Danish bloodline, but raised in Greece. So he's got Greek Danish royalty. Oh, that's weird. And that was super controversial back in the 40s. It's nice to see how we haven't changed a bit. It's not pure blood. Like everyone here is like really progressive. All of our listeners I know around the world, Mm -hmm. progressive people. We all have a giggle at this stuff. But realistically, you still go around England quite a lot. Especially supermarkets and eavesdrop. Yeah. And they'll be like, oh, it's just married to a Jamaican or something. That's weird. (laughs) You know, no, it's not. It's cool. Like, that's the thing. Like, it's Mm -hmm. funny when you have these hindsight perspectives and it's like the world hasn't changed that much. Mm -hmm. But what the crown does is it really makes me think. I have a lot of times where I can relate to things I'm seeing on it. Like, it's weird how life does this. I never really lived a British cliche. We weren't 
up for afternoon tea, having high tea every like a lot of like I said, the Anglophiles in America, mm -hmm. they look at British lives and it's all like, yeah, we go to school in horse-drawn carriages. We don't have buses. Our servants you have do a this million for us. Pieces of cutlery. We all still live in Tudor <laughs> houses, you know. Yeah. Um we have a staff, of course. Um most of us have black lung because we don't have uh, modern cookers we have an open hearth and we're cooking coal a lot you know cooking coal cooking. Do that. <laughs> roasting coal setting fire to coal having coal fires whatever yeah. it's all kind of classical we want to believe that as quintessential britain exists yeah um we all do live in castles that's true but basically <laughs> um <laughs> Some some people do. So, very few <laughs> people buy do. A castle these but days. <laughs> when you are English, if you really are British and you live long, longer than three um, years old, uh, you will see stuff. You'll go to a stately home. You'll have that experience at mm. some point in your life. Maybe you've got a rich friend who owns one. I don't know. And you go there for a party. You'll see stuff. You'll go to uh, Warwick Castle. You'll yeah. see it. Ragley Hall. Some kind of a stately home. You're right. If you've done the tour, if you know enough about this country and you've, you're from it, you'll have seen this stuff. So it kind of, it's never too far away from being next to the royals. Yeah. You know, and one thing that I found really intriguing is I had friends in Chippen Candom, mm -hmm. which for those listening are like, what the hell is that? That it's sounds like Chippen Candom. Chippendale. Yeah, it sounds like a bunch of chipmunks running Camden <laughs> markets in London. It's not. Uh, Chippen Camden is a very beautiful part of english countryside cotswolds mm. which is pride and prejudice territory right you know it spreads all the way down to somerset and it's very beautiful right? rolling hills rolling hills mm. uh they, they just don't stop rolling <laughs> they go on for days rolling 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 down oh, uh and the the version in switzerland's a lot tastier swiss rolls Heidi what no, Heidi. oh don't go there that's an old classic thing i don't want to talk about <laughs> so basically it sets the scene and you know my friends uh his family were farmers like mm -hmm. third generation right and so it was literally like being part of a royal family you'd see him putting all of their polo stuff on and going fox hunting oh or whatever it was like wow what am i living in in yeah, fact yeah. we had Last year at Christmas, the uh, the people we were having Christmas with, mm -hmm. both their kids were talking about how everyone in their alumni were fox hunters and yeah. stuff. So we're never far away. The traditions are all there. Yes. It's just a lot of us are so cosmopolitan that we don't know this exists. So we're football yobs. Like, you know, <laughs> so this is a whole different thing. Mm -hmm. But the crown really explains the circumstances of inheriting this incredible pressure mm. amazing duty it, destiny the history stuff that they they said just to clarify i don't want to ruin it it's so fascinating to watch if you even remotely uh on the fence about the royal family you should watch it because i don't think it dramatizes it to to sell them to you as some kind of glorious thing i think that it's all warts and all it's pretty amazing mm. what i've done with this show and one thing that came up that I never knew existed was this huge sulfuric smog that mm. happened because of all the coal furnaces in London. Yeah. It created like 30 days of brutal poison mist, yeah. which is like, you know, most days in Hong Kong when Sh Shenzhen <laughs> sends its clouds. Yeah. Um, but basically that whole period, the reaction the government had at that time is so similar to the current reaction really yeah 
Wow, that's weird. So similar. Like, it'll all be fine. Yeah. It'll all be okay. We're just going <laughs> to ride the wave. <laughs> be bloody fine on the way back, you know? And they're all bash, yeah, blah, right? But the this is 5,000 people died. Yeah. Right? From from breathing. As asphyxiation. Yeah, it's crazy. It is nuts. You know. Mm. So we're like when everyone's like all doom and gloom, carbon dioxide poisoning, monoxide poisoning, all the greenhouse effect, yeah. ain't nothing compared to that. Yeah, sulfuric. So you can imagine, mist. folks, what China's currently going through is in on par the industrial revolution that we had. Yeah post-victorian into queen elizabeth they lasted a long time 200 years china's still going through that and it's going through that in 20 years i'm just pointing the contrast out because it's like i said we haven't really learned no. so the crown is worth watching that's my thing i don't want to ruin it but it's really fascinating matt smith as prince philip it's worth watching just for that and obviously each series gets these new shuffles of characters, really big names. Helen Bonham Carter's in it mm -hmm. later. Most of the Game of Thrones characters are in it, uh, including the dragon. Uh, he's in it. Isn't he's a Olivia corgi. Olivia Coleman in it as well? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah later. Like in the current four series, I think. Yeah. But the corgis are played by the dragons in Game of Thrones because <laughs> they're out of work. They've got to work. They've, <sighs> they've been furloughed. Must need dragon. a lot of corgis for that casting. Yeah, that's a fascinating stat that I don't want to know. How to cast a corgi. How many corgis does a queen actually had? Quite a lot, I'd imagine. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, Philip's 99 now. <gasps> really? Yeah, and he's amazing for that because like he's still walking year, around. Or... I think he might be 100 soon. <gasps> I think he's 99 now. Next year, I think he's a... He's a born on the first of a decade. Oh my yeah. My grandma's 99 this month. Yeah. I just remember I just remembered. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> wow. It's pretty insane. She's older than the Queen. She's the same yeah. age as Philip. Yeah. It's amazing, really. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I wanted to bring that up because I said all of this, Queens, Crowns, Dentistry, all of that, it's all to a point. Okay. Because Will wanted me, my cousin Will, who's now a character. We all know him. You've I never will. heard of him. He might not even <laughs> exist. He might be a figment of my imagination. He might be as fictitious as your cousin Netflix. I'll tell you the only... Yeah, exactly. Netflix, the, the one that's engaged with Donkey and his part dog, yeah. Uh, sheep. Dog. Sheep. Donkey. Sheep. Dog. Dog sheep. Dog sheep. Donkey. <laughs> that's, that's a whole thing. Uh, basically, my cousin Will, mm -hmm. who you'll only think exists when you actually hear his voice, and I'm going to get him on a podcast even if he's asleep. We'll have to kidnap him someday. You can't tell him that. No. That's not how kidnapping works. You can't prearrange a kidnapping. <laughs> so on this particular day, we're going to kidnap you. Anyway. Uh, Will, he said, because he, he was like, I'd love you to talk about briefly on a podcast. It's going to be brief because we're near the end of this episode. But he said, I'd love for you to talk about Bitcoin. Okay. Because obviously he knows that I'm uh, um, a, a professional accountant in e-commerce. He knows that. Everyone it's, should know it, that. That's easy. It's a bit of a coin. No, it's when you bite it to see if it's got <laughs> gold in it. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. But the ones you want to get is not the 8-bit coins, because they're very pixelated. <laughs> you don't want to get the 16-bit coins either. <laughs> uh, you want the teraflops. That sounds like a, a, a the, failed dinosaur, doesn't it? A teraflop. Terra Teraflop? Teraflop, yeah. It's a new it's where we are in memory right now. Don't and know speed what that is. and things. Teraflops. It's a great you see, technology has some great words in it, like mm -hmm. gigabyte, 
teraflop mm -hmm. bitcoin so bitcoin so e-commerce basically there's been a rise in people investing in bitcoin because obviously no one's got anything to do and obviously as we've seen from the playstation 5 debacle yep uh there's a lot of scalpers that are just literally buying up stuff using bots and all kinds of stuff yep. basically this is a reason that i'm telling the world right now online <sighs> shopping will never take over from shops yeah and it shouldn't no and it's a radically stupid thing to say that it will because a there's not enough couriers and B, we you go get, out. it's so easy to hack it. <laughs> They're proving this. The PlayStation 5 thing's been insane. Mm -hmm. Bitcoin is having a similar reaction. A lot of people are uh, betting their chips on it. Um, I said to him, basically, I'm going to say this to anyone listening who gives a damn about what I'm going to say, because I'm, as you know, an incredible scholar on e-commerce. No. We'll talk about it all the time. <laughs> and accountancy. And I, 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 mean, I got through maths uh, by failing it. So yeah. I, we, we're doing all right. Um, yeah, I'm the opposite of Goodwill Hunting when it comes to maths. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm basically just the janitor. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm the barely able to I'm trying maths. to learn how to write on a blackboard. Yeah, I'm playing hangman with myself. Anyway, so here's the deal. Um I do know a bit about it. Yep. I actually think it's a wasted opportunity because Bitcoin should have been called bear in mind I grew up in the eighties and with an eighties sensibility, it should have been called cyber cash. Mm -hmm. way better mm -hmm. right i think that it's uh, you know just to talk to will for a minute and exclude the entire uh international audience. audience yeah just just talk to all wills in the world <sighs> right now who care about it, including prince will who really cares about it uh yeah the idea of bitcoin is only going to work if it proves itself a decent alternative to you know analog money like physical money mm. i i still think we're like years away from that well i think that there's still a lot of trust in the system and you know the way things work in terms of bureaucracy we still need the banks essentially bitcoin is like the alternative to people who are like let's avoid the third party you know transaction well, bitcoin bitcoin is one of these key narratives that when it's done in science fiction mm. okay like a philip k dick movie or something a book he did two movies a book that became a movie like yeah. irobot and things like that um, when we grew up in the 80s, again, science fiction was huge in the 80s. Mm -hmm. We were all looking at it like Donald Trump was president in Back to the Future. Uh, that turned out to be true. It's one of these things that in fiction is funny and you can laugh at it and go, oh, that would be amazing if you had hoverboards and a flying DeLorean. But yeah. then the DeLorean flops and doesn't sell anything and <laughs> it's a failed car and it doesn't do anything. We didn't have hover cars by now. Hoverboards are completely not hoverboards. But here's the here's thing. Credits was always in every science fiction thing you ever saw. It was this credit system mm -hmm. where money was all digital. It was never real. Yeah. You had an account and it was just numerical. Mm -hmm. Right. Which is how literally banking is. Yeah. Let's be honest, because yeah. they don't physically have all the money. No. And when you look at your bank account, it's a number. It's a number. Everything's uh, hypothetical. It's you've got this. But do you really? <laughs> Until you know, you, pull you don't out. sleep on a mattress of this. <laughs> no. So you don't really know if you've got this. It's that just makes, there. That just reminds me of that film I really like, uh, In Time. In Time, when yeah. time became the currency. monetary. Yeah, currency. Yeah, which was really Well, cool. yeah, that's a great Justin Timberlake movie. It's that he actually does a fantastic job in that. We're, we're selling a lot of movies today. <laughs> Things that people haven't seen. But yeah, I just wanted to relate to this because there's not a lot I can really say about it. I think it's very new. It's very nuanced. It's not that new. We've been talking about it for at least 10 years. 
there's potential, but will it ever become mainstream? I don't, I don't know how I could advise anyone for investing into it because it's such a hypothetical. And some you hear it's like gold. Mm -hmm. Gold is a constant thing, but it's a constant thing because there's so little of it. Bitcoin could easily have tons of it. Like well, if it becomes a status quo, it's worth nothing. That's mm. the thing that people don't understand. I think I think there is a limit to it. That's what that's why its value yeah. raises. But what it all makes me think of, because I have to bring it back to the ending point, the conclusion where mm. I wrap this whole episode. It's been a very regal episode. We're building up to Christmas. For some reason, I have an association of royal family and Christmas. Yeah, it's quite a normal thing. They're I don't know. If the Emperor of Japan should do a Christmas speech. It'd be amazing. Mm. You know, especially if he's like. Doing everything that's Japanese, like he's digitized as an anime really character. A Japanese thing. No, that's true. It's more no, well. It, I mean, saying that it is in a way, but it's like not traditionally. It's not. I mean. It's, it's not got their culture around yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what but I'm it's saying. definitely a thing around the world. Um, but basically, Bitcoin and e-commerce brings you to the thought of why haven't the royal family stopped using confectionery as their currency? Stop using what? Confectionery. Like they trade, their their whole currency is sweets and candies. Confectionery. Yeah. Confectionery. I could do, I said confectionery. <laughs> confectionery. So you're saying that candy should be currency? No, I'm saying that I want to know when the royal family will stop using confect con, confectionery. Con, candies. Candy. Sweets. Uh, as currency. But they don't. Yeah, they do, because the royal mint. The Royal Mint. <gasps> and that's all I was oh. building up to. So you've had an entire podcast that leaves you on that. Don't you all feel, I don't know, like oh. you shouldn't have listened. Probably. I don't know. Anyway, so breaking it down. That's all I wanted to say on the matter of everything. <laughs> uh, we fig finally figured out who Colin Firth is. We've talked to you about royal stuff. You can go and play chess. Don't read books on it. Just play it way better just play the game man watch a lot of stuff on netflix it's pretty cool right now there mm. is such a lot of stuff it's like a sea of things to do and watch i also watch friday which is the ice cube chris uh tucker movie from when i was a kid mm. I i'll save that for a friday mm. it's not a friday right mm. now it's a monday We'll talk about stuff. I think we should do a lot of reviews in the, in the future. I've had to skip through a lot of this stuff. As you say, it's been a very bizarre and kind of cold, uneventful two weeks, which has seemed like a month dragging on. But hopefully we've cheered you all up. We're building up for Christmas now. Yeah. Uh, literally. Wynn's got a little... I, you got to get rid of that foam. I'm not sure how you're going to do it. <laughs> but basically, we're going to get there in the end. Uh, and we'll be back in two weeks. Guys, have a great two weeks. Hopefully, everyone in America, just to re-clarify, had an amazing Thanksgiving. And if you didn't... Happy Thanksgiving! We'll say thanks, thanks. 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 Just thanks. So we gave a lot of thanks. That's good. And Will, if you listen, hope uh, I was useless on the Bitcoin thing because I really, truly don't know what to say about it. Um, he should come on and talk about it. Yeah, he can come on and talk to us about loads of things. About biting coins and, you know. Yeah, and your sleep because you'll be asleep when you talk <laughs> to us. We'll get your sleep talking. Anyway, so uh, we'll be back in two weeks. Uh, take care, everyone. Stay safe. Stay warm. See you soon. <laughs>